Build in, lock in, strap in. It's the Fantasy Domination Podcast. All right, fantasy football freaks, you are tuned into the Fantasy Domination Podcast. We are back after a little globe trotting summer of time off. And it is time to talk tonight about what I will argue is the most important position in fantasy domination, and that is the running backs. Yeah! But, of course, I'm not here by myself. I am joined by my good buddy, friend for life, and a man who doesn't want to buy Greenland. This is my buddy, Rusty. Rusty, how are you doing, pal? Well, the reason why I don't want to buy Greenland, Coach, is because I cannot afford it. As you know, I have many ex-wives and many alimony and child support payments to make. So I, I, would, I, would, I would love to buy Greenland, but I do not have the money to do so. As, as For as many fantasy championships as I've won, I still don't have enough. But I'm... But other than that, I'm fine. I mean, I'm not like you, Coach. You've won like 30... Like, what, 58 fantasy championships in the last week and that's still not enough for you to buy greenland either so it is what it is but i'm very good tonight and how are you coach i am good like i said we've had a couple of weeks off now we're back ready to roll it is time to get people ready for their drafts we did quarterback tiers in the last episode if you haven't listened to it i recommend checking it out both tiers and tiers because there are some guys if you're stuck with a quarterback you're gonna be crying they certainly are so let's start off, though, before we get into the specifics and the tiers, T-I-E-R-S. When it comes to running backs, there are two main schools of thought, and then everybody falls somewhere in between. There's RB heavy, where you want to go running back, running back, if you're drafting fresh or try to build so that you're going into the season with two top starting running backs in a perfect world, two top 10 guys. That should put you in a position to dominate. Some of the riskier folks, and I know... Uh, Rusty, you tend, you know, sometimes are one of those folks. You like to go RB zero and load up on pass catchers to begin with, and then try to fill it in with waiver guys and PPR guys, and who knows what comes along to fill in that gap. But we're going to talk tonight from a perspective of more of a moderate. So recognizing that you don't win in fantasy football without strong contributions from your running back, and if we're looking at the percentages, the best way to get that is by drafting, or drafting, trading, acquiring them so that you're going in from a position of somewhat strength. Yeah, absolutely. Sound now, good? The other, the, other, the other recommendation before we jump into this, Coach, is know your league rules. I mean, you, that's, just, that's rule number one in fantasy football anyway, dynasty, non-dynasty, whatever it is. Know the rules for your league and your scoring system because those different uh, strategies work better in PPR leagues versus standard leagues in certain cases, right? I would not necessarily recommend RB0 if you're in a standard league where you don't do any sort of PPR stuff. But tonight we're going to talk about the, the, the men themselves and with the, a couple of PPR exceptions maybe. But you're right. You still need something from your running back so you're not going to win that championship. Absolutely. Let's so Let's get down good to guys. it. Coach. All right. Now, I'm going to add one other caveat here. We are going to talk under the presumption that Ezekiel Elliott and Melvin Gordon will be playing week one. I'm fairly certain that... Uh, that Zeke is going to be back. I don't think Melvin Gordon is, but for the sake of rankings, we're just going to assume both are back at you know peak condition and playing in week number one. Isn't Zeke down in the, some sort of Caribbean island with a weirdo haircut right now? Are you are you are you absolutely sure about that prediction there, Coach? I am not at all sure about it, but I'm keeping Zeke in way too many leagues for me to be pessimistic at this point. 
All right, then. Good luck to you and uh, to everybody else uh, who have a lot of shares in Zeke. Absolutely. Okay, so let's start at the top. And when we're talking running backs, there's three things you want to look at. Youth, touches, and yards gained. Touchdowns are unreliable. Some guys will have 12, and then the next season they'll have six. You can't bank on that. You know, and then some... I miss the freak years when guys would be going for 25, 30 touchdowns. Those those were some heady days. But what you're looking for now, get off of any guy who's 28 or over. Keep your running backs young. Cycle them out. Get rid of them before they fall off the cliff when you can maximize the return. And look for guys who are going to get their touches, whether it's carries, whether it's receptions. The guy, you know, they don't have to necessarily be the bell cow on the team. You can get some good play out of a guy who gets a few carries and those all-important catches in a PPR league. Mm. You know, you say move on from running backs when they hit 28. That just also by coincidence happens to be my philosophy with wives, which may be <laughs> why I have so many ex-wives. Yeah, that, that policy is working out well for you. Absolutely. All right, so let's start at the top tier here, the elite. All these guys do is put up points, and they put them up fantastically well, both in the running game and the passing game. So, Rusty, start us off. Who is on our elite tier? Well, surprise, surprise, Zeke Elliott is near the top, near at the top. Uh, let's just assume, like you said, he's going to actually start the season. But even so, if he misses a few games, we're looking at the long term coach. He misses, like if he, like I can see him doing the Emma Smith thing. He, you know, holds out to start the season, and then the Cowboys lose a couple games, and Jerry Jones says, "All right, fine, I'll give you all the money." So let's just—he uh, he misses two or three games, no big deal. As long as he doesn't put Le'Veon Bell, he is still in that super crop of the elite generational talent. So I, I don't know if we have to say too much more about that. Nope. And next guy, same Saquon Barkley. Got a <laughs> lot of concerns about that awful team he's surrounded by. The team but, is terrible. They're absolutely wasn't, terrible. It wasn't a whole lot better last year, and he put up fantastic numbers. And again, he's a second-year player. So even if he does have a bit of a dip. You're picking him up for the long term, whether you're trying to trade for him or you're drafting him fresh. This is a guy to sit on for a number of years. The only thing I worry about for this year, Coach, is that he's going to face 11 in the box on every single down because Eli Manning can't throw the ball, and Daniel Jones had three great series at, a, at, a, at a, the, the Senior Bowl and sucked at Duke. So that's the only thing that worries me about him, and that could affect his long-term viability, but... Still, he showed last year he was able to overcome a fairly bad team at the time. So even with a little bit of regression, he's still in that top tier. Absolutely. Next up, mm-hmm. Alvin Kamara, New yeah. Orleans Saints. Now here's the guy. This in this is especially in PPR. He is gold because he finds the end zone. He touches the ball a lot. He's not going to be, you know, in the same category in terms of rushing attempts as these other guys, but he is going to get his and. uh yeah, I don't know what else you say. He as long if you're in a PPR league, he might even be your number one guy off the board. I would, uh, he doesn't have Mark yeah. Ingram to fight with for carries. Yeah, I think he's got Latavius yeah. Murray there now, but that guy can't stay healthy either. So he 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 could see a maybe he'll get a few more touches, which would be absolutely golden for uh, for his chance. And like you said, PPR, he could be number one. You know how sometimes in life there are sentences you say that you think, oh, I never would have put those combination of words together before. Let me say this. Latavius Murray is no Mark Ingram. <laughs> All right. Last guy in our elite list, and we're going to keep this short because we don't need to say much more, is the white guy, Christian McCaffrey. Honestly, since uh, you know, since I grew as a fantasy player and moved out of, you know, started only in like touchdown-only leagues and then started getting into yardage and that, 
I have never seen a white guy go number one overall in drafts, but if you're playing this year from a redraft for a brand new perspective, ah, Christian McCaffrey might be your number one guy off the board. So, hey, you know, MAGA, Christian McCaffrey, number one pick, everything's great. Hmm. Well. <laughs> uh, I had to choke saying that. All right, let's move on to the next two, too, shall we? Too much politics. Too much too politics. Ma- too many politics. Let's get into fantasy football. All right. So, All right. That's, that's, I think that's, that's the end of the elite tier, correct? So let's go on to the next one. Uh, we are calling this one the next generation. So if you don't have one of those full of talents that we just talked about, these are guys who could move there at some point. They have the ability and in some cases the opportunity to work into that next tier, uh, that elite tier that we're talking about, or very close to it. So let's run down some of these guys, Coach. All right. Top of this list here is a personal favorite, Nick Chubb. Uh, loved him coming out of yeah. I know you've got yeah, a chubby, love- a chubby for Chubb. Uh, let's talk <laughs> about him a little bit. Loved him coming out of Georgia. You know him and Sonny Michelle in the same backfield. Man, how did they not do better? Ugh. But both of those guys now, and I think you're going to see Sonny mentioned in just a minute. Both of those guys are top NFL starters, not quite elite yet. And there is the Kareem Hunt issue to worry about in Nick Chubb's future, but. Frankly, I think Cleveland probably gave him a bit of a soft landing to try and help him out. But if they, you know, I don't see him cutting too much into Chubb's numbers unless Chubb crashes this year, which I don't think is going to happen. That's going to be a very good offense, I think. Coach. Yeah. So I, I I can't see him crashing. He may end up doing better because there's too many other weapons to worry about there. I am very worried about Kareem Hunt, though, because like why did why did that why do they have to go and ruin a very good thing by signing that guy? Uh, I don't get it. I don't get it because, anyway, it's going to ruin a lot of fantasy seasons potentially by the halfway point. But you know what? We got to get there first. Yep. So, you know, take your chance. If it works, it works. If not, well, (laughs) you wouldn't be the first fantasy player to be screwed by Cleveland. (laughs) Next up on the list, Joe Mixon. You know, here's a guy who had his issues, come into the league. He's played hard, played well. Not really loving that Cincinnati offense around him, but that could also mean he gets more touches and is asked to do more. I think he's got the chance. He's one of those guys that could really take that step this year because he can catch, he can run, he can hit the hole, he can hit women, he can do it all. <laughs> he, he does a lot of things, doesn't he? Um, so the, uh, the thing, I, I think it's a very similar situation to Saquon Barkley where that that Cincinnati team is scaring me right now. A.J. Green's hurt. Uh, they, they, their offensive line is in <clears throat> shambles. Uh, so... The, does he have the talent to overcome like a Saquon Barkley? I got a little bit of pause on Joe Mixon. A lot of talent, but he's not Saquon Barkley talent. And I wonder if he'll be able to overcome. Like, remember, the, you, you used to have the Dating Tomlinson back in the day and a lot, of, a lot of shares in him. And he was on a terrible San Diego team. And he still got his. Barkley can do that. I don't know about Joe Mixon yet. No. So, you know, that one, that's, and that's why he's in the, the next generation and not in the elite. But... I'm I'm feeling confident. If somebody came to me and said, "Hey, you know, do you want to pick up Joe Mixon?" I would definitely look at the price tag. Yeah. All right. Couple more guys we got here that are uh, that are rookie up and cut co- or rookies last year. Sony Michelle and Carryon Johnson. We got these guys. I mean, what do you want? They looked good last year. Johnson got hurt before he could really show himself. They're both playing in a New England style offense. Since the Lions just seem to be copying whatever New England does, except not as well. I'd really like, of all the guys in this tier, 
carry on Johnson is the one that I really like. Um, they got rid of Theoretic. I think that's opened the doorway to a lot more quality touches for Mr. Carry on Johnson this year. Yes, Detroit is Detroit, but I think he's got the best opportunity out of almost all of them if we look at the entire season. Uh, I just, I, I, you look at other guys like Sony Michelle. That's a crowded backfield, New England. Yes, he's the guy, but there's a bunch of other guys there to get fed. Uh, Joe Mixon has Gio Bernard and a couple other folks. Nick Chubb has Kareem Hunt to worry about. I'm liking Kareem Johnson's chances, especially the value he might bring, because you could probably get him a couple rounds later or at a lower price than some of the other guys we're talking about. So that's kind of that's that's Rusty's dark horse sleeper of the next generation tier. All right, I like that assessment as well. And yes, Sonny Michelle. Who know, you know, I'm a little worried that he's going to lose carries because there's just too many mouths to feed there. But uh, I liked I liked what he did last year for a team that, I mean, they haven't had a feature running back like that since what Corey Dillon. Mm-hmm. We're going back quite a few years, so I like him as well. Last two guys in our next gen list are guys that I am a little bit more worried could be losing carries because there is a talented backfield mate there. And that's James Conner with the Pittsburgh Steelers and Aaron Jones with the Green Bay Packers. Mm-hmm. Two high-powered offenses, two guys who can do it all with the ball. But there's just that lingering concern of a guy who's maybe a little closer than some of these other guys have to deal with. There's, well, well, you you know, it's not it. a matter of splitting yeah. carries. It's just a matter of there's a guy nipping at their heels more so than a, like a Joe Mixon or a, you know, even Nick Chubb has to deal with. James Conner goes down late late in the season last year. Jalen Samuels just comes right in and, and care, picks up right where he carries off. Believe me. Uh, I, had, I had a few situations where I had Conner, lost him to injury, only to have my opponent pick up uh, Samuels and destroy me with him. So, and, he's, and he's back again. So that's just a great offense. That, and you're absolutely spot on with that assessment of Conner. I'm liking Jones a little better, but it's Green Bay. And Rodgers is going to throw the ball a lot too. Yeah. All right. All right, one other guy we want to put in here before we take a quick break. There's one guy who's just been so seems so severely disrespected, and that is Marlon Mack. Mm. I don't know why people like. I get it; he might not be an elite running back, but people seem to be getting excited about a lot of guys before they get on board with Marlon Mack. So, you know, as my RB two, I'm happy with that. If I can snake him somehow to be my third guy, I am delighted because I think Marlon Mack's going to do a lot of nice nice things this year, mm. and. People just seem to be underplaying him. So keep an eye on him. If his value falls, especially with Andrew Luck's availability, kind of uncertain, that could be a guy you could scoop up, a, you know, similar to you were saying with on Johnson, later than he should be going. Yeah, big-time value guy. I think people just scared of his previous history. Not getting a ton of carries. They got Naeem Hines as well there, and they picked up a couple other guys in there too. So I think it's – but Marlon Mack just gets it done. So I think I, that that's another guy you're right represents absolutely tremendous value potentially if this Andrew Luck thing gets sorted out. Absolutely. So we're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, oh, we're going to get into the best part. The guy, the question mark guys that are either going to bust you or, or take you to the promised land. This is what's going to win you or lose you those fantasy championships. We'll get back to that right after this. All right, freaks, thank you for sticking around. In the future, that will be a commercial break, but right now, that's just a chance for us to catch our breath, grab another cold one, and we are going to dive into the meat and potatoes, guys. We aren't running commercials, Coach? How am I supposed to pay for all my bills? All right, look, we'll we'll get there. It's all, all part right. of the business plan. You promised me money. So, 
Anyway. All right, meat and potatoes, guys. They're going to get you carries. They're going to get you numbers. They might not be spectacular now, but uh, and they might not be spectacular again, but these guys are solid. This is your RB2, RB3 tier guys. Derrick Henry, Tennessee Titans. I'm on record as thinking the Tennessee Titans are just boring. They're, really? they're the football <laughs> equivalent of beige. <laughs> we, I, I haven't noticed, Coach, from all our conversations and podcasts. Yeah, what can I say? I just find them dull. Uh, they, it's a team with no personality, and they just seem to be where interesting guys go to disappear. But Henry, over the course of the season, he's going to be up and down. Last year, he had a couple of magnificent games that masked a lot of not-so-great games, but I think he's going to be more consistent, but maybe not as spectacular. Man, when Next he is up, up, he is up. And when he's uh, yeah. not up, he's oof. He's a Tennessee Titan. He's a Tennessee Titan. Next on the list, Melvin Gordon. Same situation. <laughs> Doesn't get as much as many yards as other guys. Not as great a runner, but uh, he gets in the end zone a lot because San Diego tends to be a pretty good offense year over year. If he plays, he'll get his. But uh, again, there's a there's some big issues there. You wonder if he knows that he's had his best year and that's it, and he wants to get paid now because I've he kind of yeah. Melvin Gordon's never been a guy that I've been huge on, so we'll see. Anyway, yeah. All right, no, I agree, and you know what? We are, as much as it sometimes screws you in Fantasy Football League, we are all for guys getting paid because, well, it's not an easy life being a former former running back or former athlete. <sighs> no. All right. Next up on the list, another undervalued guy, but for a different reason, Chris Carson. <laughs> you know, all he's done is produce. All he's done is put up his numbers. They drafted a first-round running back who crapped out. All he does is produce, but people are afraid of Chris Carson for some reason. But Rashad Penny, coach. But yep. uh, uh, insert the Mike Davis, coach. Well, Mike, uh, what Mike about Davis, insert the name of another running back here, coach? Well, Mike Davis is gone, and those carries are going somewhere. So I like Chris Carson as an RB two. If he's again, if he's your RB three, you're happy. It might just might change by the end of the season, but at least to get going, especially like if you're looking at the first third of the season, first half of the season, Chris Carson's going to be a quality start for you. Mm-hmm. And then fourth guy on our meat and potatoes list is Le'Veon Bell. And well, I mean, this guy could be on the question mark list because we don't know what he's going to be like. We know he's with the Jets. Hmm. I don't like either of those things factoring into a player's performance, but he does have a track record. So we're going to put him in here and hope for the best mm-hmm. because the reality is he's still a better talent than the next guys on our list. The better than nothing guys. <laughs> better than nothing guys. So yeah. this is your weekly filler guys. Their time's coming to an end. You know, hope I hope they've got their retirement plans set up. But you've, uh, you, I figured these guys, you've got maybe a half a year to a year's worth of production. If you are a rebuilding team on Dynasty, get these guys the hell off your roster and try to get some salvage some value for them because they're not going to do you any good uh, too much longer. We don't think. Yeah, if you're in, if you're playing Dynasty, which frankly you should be you know see if you can move one of these guys get a second round pick next year third rounder just get some value because if you're not winning you don't need these guys on your roster and they are they are jordan howard uh now of the philadelphia eagles we are looking at uh he's got a a fellow by the name of miles sanders nipping at his heels which i believe we talk about a little bit later on uh and a lot of people are high on mr sanders they he could push be pushing mr howard out of a job sooner than later and we've got Mark Ingram moved from New Orleans to Baltimore. Um, he's going to be Mark Ingram. 
They're going to run a lot, and at some point, he might get phased out. But for how long will he be Mark Ingram? Yeah. Uh, and, you know, is he going to get snaked in the red zone by uh, by Lamar Jackson? That's a big question. A lot of his value was he got the touchdowns in New Orleans. Next up, Lamar Miller. I don't feel great about Lamar Miller here on the list, but also they don't really have an alternative. So he he's going like to get he's his 48 touches. years old or something. He's, has he been in the league? For, he feels like he's been in the league for a long time. I don't even know. I don't think he's even 30. He might be 30. Just, I have no he, idea. Uh, he, there's no way he'd be. 30. All right. He, all right. Rusty's going to the research. We're going to find out. He's 28. 28. Yeah, he's an old 28. Very old 28. And last guy on our list, a guy who's definitely not 28, <laughs> LaShawn McCoy. I mean, he he sucked last year. The Bills you are know? terrible. There were some injuries. There were some offensive line issues. There's the potential for him to bounce back, especially if he's more involved in a rejuvenated Buffalo passing game. But, uh, yeah, Shady is, at this point, he's just one step away from being a, well, I got nothing better to play this week at running back guy. He wasn't already. Yeah, so... Now we're into the big, the big ones. Yeah, these are, are some guys. Here. These are some guys. Coach, let me jump in on this. Oh, please. These are some guys who you're going. Why have they not talked about these gentlemen yet? There's a reason for it. Yeah, the, they're like you'll see them higher up in ADP, but we want to put them into a tier all of their own because there are so major question marks. Uh, these guys that we're going to talk about right now, they're like that. If you go to a bar and you see that lovely young lady who has five lower back tattoos sporting there. And you know it's risky. You know it's probably going to be trouble. But sometimes you just find yourself thinking about her all night long. And it's like, is this worth it? Sometimes it is. A lot of times it isn't. Sometimes you end up with another ex-wife or two out of it. But hopefully for these guys, you have a better outcome than that. So let's get into the major question mark, guys. And it all starts right. with one. Well, there's two. We're gonna, we'll throw two names out here that you, you're probably expecting to have heard. Todd Gurley and David Johnson. If things break right, these guys are elite tier guys. They're right up there with anybody else. They can play the passing game. They can play the running game. They've got speed. They've got elusiveness. They've got it all. The challenge is Gurley may have arthritis, which is not something you expect from like a 25-year-old, however old he is, 26. And David Johnson, oh, I mean, he's coming off a year in the worst offense in NFL history. So will they be better? Yes. Is Cliff Kingsbury a miracle worker? I don't know. I'm not ready to get on board with that. And a rookie quarterback. So, you know, if you roll the dice on Johnson, good luck with that. I think I'd rather be taking one of the other guys that we talk about. Like, I'd rather have a Joe Mixon than a David Johnson. Just for the sake of knowing, every week, I can plug Mixon in, and he's going to play for me. Johnson, he's going to have some of those weeks where he might not get 30 yards on the ground. Coach, what if you and some of your a lot say you have a number of teams where you have Gurley and David Johnson as your two starting running backs, like certain people who I won't name. I would. Uh, well, I'm going to say, Rusty, if you're one of those people, you might want to find Jesus because you might just need his help this season. <laughs> I'm, very, I, I'm a praying man, even more so than normal coach. All right. Another major question mark here. Kareem Hunt. Now, as we've said in previous episodes, I'm not a big fan of having jerks on my team. We're a family-friendly podcast, so i got to say jerks instead of what, really, what I really want to say. I know what you're saying. But if if you're okay with Kareem Hunt, here's what you got to do. You're looking at him as a 2020 play. So 
he's going to be in Cleveland for a year. Then he'll be a free agent. He's going to go somewhere else. You know, he could end up in Buffalo or San Diego if they let Melvin Gordon go. So what's he going to do? I don't know. Is he going to do anything this year? I don't know. Would I rely on him? Hell no. It's a lottery ticket. Yep. You but it's you, a lottery you. ticket for next year when he hits free agency and picks his new destination. Yeah. Last guy in the major question marks. People are super duper high on Dalvin Cook, but uh, he's <sighs> yet to prove he can stay healthy. And I don't know. There's just something about Minnesota that doesn't inspire so much talent. And That's every it. every time he touches, every time he plays fully. He almost every game he's doing something really good. Like he, like this guy has all the opportunity in the world and all the talent. But my God, he cannot stay healthy, Coach. He's he's got a bit of that Chris Johnsonness to him, mm-hmm. where every time he touches the ball, you feel you, like he could take it all the way. You, you hold your breath, Coach, because yeah. he's either taking it all the way or he's going to break something. Yeah, but he's been beset by injuries. They haven't had a great offensive line there, so. If it all comes together, and I'm I'm one of the people who's high on him for this year, you know he could he could get into that bottom of the elite class very easily. So that's our major question marks. We're gonna jump into a couple of guys. You're also wondering, hey, you guys didn't mention Phil Lindsay. Well, there's a reason we didn't mention <laughs> Phil Lindsay because we don't know. So in the minor question mark category, Phil Lindsay, can he repeat as an undrafted free agent having a Pro Bowl thousand yard rookie season? Before we got new. Before Theoretic got hurt, I would have said absolutely not. Um, he's got a bit of, a little bit of a reprieve until Theoretic comes back. I also, I also, I'm also one of those folks who think that Royce Freeman is primed to get much bigger workload because the new running system uh, fits his style more than it does Lindsay's. So he's a minor, he's a bit of a question. I've actually been divesting myself of Phil Lindsay's shares in a number of my leagues because I'm I'm very worried about that. Yeah. All right. Next guy, Devonte Freeman. He was he was a big deal. Then he stopped being a big deal when he got hurt. Can he come back this year? Doesn't have Tevin Coleman nipping at his heels. He's got Edo Smith now. Is he is he going to be a guy that gets above RB two? I don't feel it. You feel it? Maybe. Everyone talks about Atlanta being a good offense again this year. So I think he's one of those guys that maybe could be up in a, another tier two than where we've got him, but. You're right, Coach. There, there are some concerns, but now with no Tevin Coleman, you gotta think he's got some more work coming his way, which has got to help. It could do nothing but help him, I would think. I, I would think so. But again, a lot of mouths to feed in that Atlanta offense. So if it's on, you know, we will, uh, we will see how that ends up. I would, I would take him, expecting him to be my RB two, and then if I get lucky and he does more than that, then you call it a great year and sell high. Sounds good. Next up, the Washington Football Professional Football Team. Who's going to be the running back there? Is it going to be Adrian Peterson or is it going to be Darius Geis? And I think there's going to be one key factor to decide that for you. Does Washington have any hope of a playoff spot? Because if they do, Uh, it's going to be Case Keenum and ADP. And as soon as they go one and four to start the season, it's hello, Dwayne Haskins and Darius Geis. uh I can see them starting the season with ADP uh, uh, because, again, uh, Geis is not ready yet. He's not fully healthy, from my understanding. Last uh, last health reports I've heard on him, so uh, he's another guy who, again, tremendously talented. Uh, he's a guy I really like. It's just there's a, and and it's not like Adrian Peterson is slowing down. You know, he's like he is 55 years old and still one of the greatest running backs in the league. So just how, but you. Uh, I need I need guys to be healthy to get that job back, basically. 
And here's the other thing I want to say about Darius Geis is, you know, we talk about guys like a Kareem Hunt, like a Joe Mixon with character issues. This is a guy I want to see him succeed. You you look up his life story. He has experienced hardship. He has overcome losing, you know, losing the season to the knee injury last year was terrible because this is a guy I want to see him do well. So there's always going to be a spot on my roster for a guy like Darius Geis. And again, he's sort of the opposite of, of a, you know, of a Chris Carson that we're talking about. Pick up Darius Geis for your playoff drive right now. And then you're going to I think you're going to be happy when he's putting up, you know, 100 plus yard games at the end of the season when you need it most. Like your Nick Chubb uh, last year, kind of. Oh, yes. Nick Chubb and I are good friends after last year. <laughs> All right. And the last of our question marks isn't one guy. It's not two guys. <laughs> it's three guys and maybe even four guys. It's the San Francisco 49ers backfield. <laughs> Oof. Oh. Who, who's getting... Is this Tevin Coleman's team? Is it Jarek McKinnon's team? Is it Matt Breida's team? I mean, who knows? Is it insert running back's name here or a guy who's not on the roster yet's team? My goodness. Yeah, uh, I say watch the waiver wire here. Uh, maybe the nod goes to Coleman slightly if you're going to roster any of these guys. But uh, I'm, I'm not, you know, even in my deepest leagues, I'm not saving a roster spot for uh, for Jarek McKinnon right now. That 49ers offense is looking bad. Coach, like Jimmy Garoppolo was not good in that last preseason game. The they can't fi- tra- seem to figure out what wide receivers are going to do well in that offense. Running backs are all over the place. So that's a that's a that that was an offense that people were looking at last year. It was like this is an up and coming offense. They're going to be amazing. Then Garoppolo gets hurt, and this year they just they are not looking good. You see, I see them as a potential. Yeah, like they're somebody's going to break through. You know, is it going to be, you know, can Marquise Goodwin do it again? Is Dante Pettis for real? Um, You know, people were up on him. Now they're down on him. There's, you know, tons of wide receiver question marks there. Basically, in that offense, I want George Kittle and I want nothing else. Mm -hmm. But we're talking running back, so we'll talk about George Kittle another day. All right. Oh, man, I'm I'm running out of steam here. My throat's getting scratchy because we haven't done this in a while. We're going to take another break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about the rookies and the guys that we do not want. All right, sounds good. We'll be back in just a moment. All right, fantasy football freaks, we've hit the 30-minute mark, but we are going into overtime because nothing would make us happier than to deliver to you a fantasy football championship. So bonus podcast time. We're going to overtime coach. Let's do this. And I'll tell you what, it is not sudden death. Although to be fair, Rusty might drop dead. All right. We've talked about the veterans. We've talked about the young hotshots. We've talked about the elite. What thing we haven't talked about are the rookies. A lot of rookies this year in the talent pool. And I'm not sure if I really want many of them. Uh, there's so uh, let's yeah let's go let's go through some of these guys so let's talk right now and i'm actually going to call an audible and i'm going to change our list on the fly here because we're going to project three impact rookie running backs this season first of all obviously josh jacobs he's the first you know first running back selected taken in the first round i'm not sure i see it you know uh we've we've talked about the nfl value of running backs and the fungibility of the position and I mean, you can see the Dallas Cowboys, the position they're in, because they spent the third overall pick on a running back. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, whereas you can grab guys in the second round, third round that are going to be just as productive. But Josh Jacobs comes off the board as the top rookie running back. His opportunity is really like, yes, there's some talent there, but it seems like that's more of an opportunity thing than anything else, coach. Absolutely. Now, on the flip side, there's another guy who's charging up the charts that we do like. Mm-hmm. His his value is escalating quickly. And by the you know, if you're drafting right before the season starts, um, this guy could be the number one rookie off the board. Once he's he actually, this guy is starting to work his way up, and he's starting to actually go number one in some uh, rookie drafts now. So keep that's Mr. David Montgomery. Uh, for it seemed. The, the last couple of months, it, it, like the, the number one overall rookie slot was Josh Jacobs' is to lose. And he's now apparently lost it because we're starting to see David Montgomery sneaking up in that number one spot. Absolutely. Well, I mean, we got the news just today when we're recording that uh, Tara Cohen is going to get fewer carries because, well, he's an undersized gadget back and they're not going to want to make him a full-time starter. Mm-hmm. Surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, Montgomery's value is shooting up there. Third guy who was in our in our sort of longer term category, but he's I at this point it's hard to see him not starting by the end of the year if he continues to produce, and that's Miles Sanders. Mm-hmm. You know we this is sort of your him. this is your classic. They used a second round pick, Philadelphia that is. They used a second round pick on a running back with a good pedigree, good performance, great numbers. He's got the ability. You know they've got four years of him cheap. And then we'll see what happens from there. That's how the NFL plays its running back game. Uh-huh. You don't go in on the first round because I think when all like I let's look at it right now. Let's say in four years, who's more productive, Josh Jacobs or Miles Sanders? Right now, it's a crapshoot. Mm-hmm. You know, this isn't Saquon Barkley we're talking about. This isn't a generational talent. This is a guy, you know, in Josh Jacobs. I mean, was still a first round NFL pick, and I'm thinking I might be happier with Miles Sanders in the long run. So we're moving him tonight. From the long-term plays into the impact rookie spot. I like it. I All like right. it a lot. Which brings us into that next tier of long-term plays. There are a couple of guys out there with a, a semi-bright future. And other guys where if if things break for them, um, they're going to have opportunities. The biggest one, which uh, I know is a you know frustrating to some people, Daryl Henderson. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is, this is your classic handcuff. And personally... I'm not a fan of handcuffs outside the bedroom, but uh, I thought this was a family well, podcast. Well, I, you know. Anyway, well, I'm a big fan of Law and Order. Watch <laughs> Sam Waterston. That's I, right. He's my guy. Law and Order is true in the show. Uh, anyway, yes, <laughs> uh, uh, Daryl Henderson. Uh, the, here's the thing: the the latest buzz we're hearing is that Daryl Henderson has not looked as good as people thought he would, which is odd and frustrating because he had a, a nice pedigree coming out of Memphis and everyone's like, oh, I love this pick for them. But Malcolm Brown may still be the guy there. But the sa- at the same time, you have to look at the pedigree, you have to look at the talent and think, that's why he's a long-term play now. Uh, but just don't ex- go, like unless he surprises, it's possible Daryl Henderson, you're drafting him for 2020 or 2021 at this point. Could be. Um, yeah, I've, I've heard the same and even some people who were looking at it at the time, the idea that like oh, they're picking Daryl Henderson because of Todd Gurley's knee wasn't necessarily the play and that Daryl Henderson might be more of that third guy, mm-hmm. you know, the the change of pace guy as opposed to the the backup for the the starter. Yeah. Another guy that falls into that category of, I you know, I like him for 2020, I do not like him for this year, is Devin Singletary of the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills are terrible. Yeah, 
I mean, right now, you know, he's he's playing behind the AARP of running back committees in Frank Gore and LaShawn McCoy. And then you throw TJ Yeldon in there. You throw in 700 wide receivers that this team has added. Um, but you start to clear that out. You know, McCoy's gone next year. Um, Frank Gore, probably gone next year, but also he's 117. He might still be there. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, you're looking at Devin Singletary as a guy who could be starting for the Buffalo Bills next year. And that might not sound like fantasy elite, but the key word there is starting. Yep. So if you got a chance, grab this guy. You might even have to overdraft him a little bit if you've got the room to stash him. But that, that could be a, a, you know, when we talk about lottery tickets, this has got the classic feel of one of those fantasy lottery tickets that could pay off. Yeah, he's a guy who seems to be going later in that first round. So, I mean, yeah, you, you the, there's a good chance of, of, of a contained team to scoop him up and just sit on him, unless you trade away all your draft picks like some people I know do. But anyway, good idea on that one, Coach. Got yep. a couple more guys in this tier as well. Who else you got there? Uh, so we got uh, Justice Hill, Benny Snell Jr. These are names you're not hearing a whole lot about right now uh, because there are guys in front of them. Uh, Coach is going to tell us a little bit more about them, but they're they're also fitting that long-term 2020-2021 type of guy who if you could stash them away, you may get some good return on them. Yeah, or this is the guy who's first off your roster when you need to pick up a replacement tight end. Mm-hmm. So Justice Hill... I mean, they're really kind of the same, you know, the same guy in a sense. Justice Hill and Benny Snell Jr. have potential good college producers sitting solidly behind other performers. Good Justice Hill offenses. is, yeah, Justice Hill's in Baltimore, and Benny Snell Jr.'s in Pittsburgh. So, with a few breaks, if things go their way, um, you know, Justice Hill is probably closer because Mark Ingram is older than James Conner. But if James Conner flames out. You know, and he can't repeat last year. There's a chance Benny Snell gets some carries and might be worth something. So mm-hmm. those two guys, grab them, stash them. If you use them, great. If not, you know, maybe they're even the guy you trade halfway through the season for Jarvis Landry because you need a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's sometimes that's the other value of, of fantasy rookie running backs is they always have trade value. Unless you're in certain leagues that we're in, Coach, but... That's you know there. Uh, The next tier is the folks who are getting a lot of hype, but uh, we think you should not buy the hype on these guys. And one of them is a guy I've called a knucklehead on many occasions. Uh, That would be one Leonard Fournette, still a knucklehead, still in Jacksonville. Uh, If you hear anybody say, "Well, this has got to be his year," go ahead and believe that. I'm not. I'm staying away. He's on many do not draft lists for me. Here's the other thing. If we're talking, just looking at Leonard, let's say he's on his game. Let's say he's a hundred percent. He's smartened up. He's he's the back that people expected him to be. I don't know what's going on with that offense there. Their wide receivers are I don't know a couple of guys. They've got Nick Foles, who's better than what they had. But you know, I can see Leonard Fournette facing eight in the box, nine in the box, because who else do they have? And that could shut his. That could keep his. He'll get his touches. But his production might uh, might suffer as a result. Plus, there's still the chance he's going to go dumb dumb, and you know <laughs> they might. He, I would. Would you mean which would surprise you more? Let me ask you this: When we're talking Leonard Fournette, if at the end of the season he is the NFL's leading rusher, or he's been released by the team halfway through the year, which <laughs> would surprise you? Which would be more likely? What would you put money on as a more likely outcome <laughs> that he was released halfway through the season? Absolutely, and that's why we're not touching Leonard Fournette. The other guy that falls into this category is a guy getting a lot of hype, 
but uh, it's entirely situational and it's not looking at the reality, is Damian Williams. Mm. So after five years of scuffling along as a nobody for the uh, for the Miami Dolphins, and to be fair, there's a lot of guys who've scuffled along as nobodies for the Miami Dolphins. Uh-huh. You know, he ends up as the backup last year in uh, in Kansas City, and then after Kareem Hunt got dropped by the team, rightfully so, mm-hmm. they gave the ball to Damian Williams, and he actually did pretty well. Absolutely. But if you're dra- now, if you're drafting fresh, ignore this guy, and if you're drafting for dynasty, ignore this guy, because this is a 26 year old, six year veteran or 27-year-old, six-year veteran, somewhere in there, that has never really produced, has been mediocre except for a pretty decent rush with an epic offense last year. I don't want to touch him. I will let this guy slide. I will hope somebody else takes him. And if he turns out good for them, congratulations. If he turns out the way I expect, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling really happy about that. File this name away. Darwin Thompson. Oh, don't worry. I've got Darwin Thompson's name filed away. Mm-hmm. He's the uh, the little guy there in uh, in Kansas City, and I mean he's he's looking good. The challenge is he's only five eight, and that's a listed five eight, so he might actually be <laughs> four foot six. Mm-hmm. So there's you know I'm a little worried. I, you know is he the next Maurice Jones Drew, and he's going to be that little guy that can take the pounding. Or is he going to be your classic little guy that's better on third down plays and gadgets and that? But yeah, file that away. He, you know, that could be another late round flyer to to take a, to throw a pick at. Like if there's a Kansas City running back that that we would consider, it might be Dalvin Thompson. It may not be Damian Williams because we're looking at that long term, that long term view. So yeah, exactly. Just something and, to think about. And you know what? Again. Darwin Thompson, classic lottery pick. Mm. Throw down, you know, throw down by your scratcher. Most likely it's not going to pan out, but if it does, whoo, you can be looking at something fun there. And finally, we're going to wrap it up. See, we don't do tier one, tier two, tier three, tier four, because that's that's just cheap. It's yep. easy. It's lazy. We go through 17 different tiers, and we're going to wrap this up with the PPR guys. PPR! In PPR, these four guys have value. And in non-PPR leagues, these guys have no value because they don't carry the ball enough and they're not touchdown dependent. So let's just throw them all out there at once because we're getting late. James White of the New England Patriots. Mm-hmm. The aforementioned Tarek Cohen of the Chicago Bears. Duke Johnson of the Houston Texans. I almost said Cleveland there, but he <laughs> got, got his way out of Cleveland. And Deion Lewis of the uh, Tennessee <laughs> What Titans. team was that, coach? <laughs> Your, your, your favorite team. <laughs> yeah. All of these guys are on, you know, look to line up. You know, they'll they'll get their catches. They're the you know, they're the kind of guys you can put them in, in a bye week. They'll they'll win you one game throughout the season. But if you're counting on James White to be an every week starter, well, you have not assembled your roster well or you're tanking. These effects, guys. Yep. So that brings us to the end of running backs. And what have we learned here, Rusty? You want a great running back if you can get one? Otherwise, you damn well better have a good one, and you don't want to get involved with Leonard Fournette. Absolutely. So, we promised you 30 minutes and a fantasy championship. We've over-delivered. Now it's your turn to go out there, That's take right. this advice, run with it, and come back next time because we are going to talk about wide receivers who are the new running backs of fantasy football. That's right. And hopefully, 
none of the guys we talk about end up in the XFL. But that's oh, man. Discussion oh, we're talking time. XFL logos next episode because, oh, they're <laughs> awful. <laughs> they, All right, uh, ladies, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in. I'm I'm shot. My voice is going. Thank I gotta you get for back. joining us. <laughs> we're going to get in the habit. We're getting back to weekly. We're going to be with you every week, folks. Thanks for joining us. And once again, the Fantasy Domination Podcast, you can reach us on Twitter at, at um, what are we, the FD Pod. You can find us on the internet at fdpodcast.com. Follow us on Anchor. Follow us on iTunes. Follow us on Stitcher. We're everywhere you are, and we want to listen. We want you to listen to us and win your league. So I'm the coach. And I'm Rusty. With me as always, my good man, Rusty. Woo. This has been a production of Harpoon Media. Go out and win yourself some football. Season's almost here. Oh, thank you.